Hello, friends, and welcome to the Coastline Baptist Church podcast. We hope this message will equip, encourage, and edify you in your journey of life. We'd love to connect with you. Please email us at info at coastlinecc.org. And for more information about our church and our services, visit coastlinecc.org. Now let's open our hearts and open God's Word. I'm a dad, and uh, I love it. Some of our guests are here today. You may, not, may or may not know that I have four boys, and uh, ranging from ages 12 all the way down to six, and boys are a blast. We just met someone at Hobby Lobby. The cash, uh, cashier saw all of our boys in, in the aisle with us this past week, and she said, wow, four boys. That's crazy. We're like, yeah, we love it. And she goes, I have four girls. I'm like, I don't envy you one bit, okay? <laughs> And uh, man, we got four boys, and I love uh, my kids, especially as they've gotten older. But I think back to, yes, you have your infant stage, and then you have your toddler stage, and then it kind of gets a little bit older and things like that. The older they get, it seems like in certain ways, the easier it gets, a little bit more independent, which sometimes can be kind of annoying at the same time. But when you have that toddler stage, okay, kids are great. I love kids, but toddlers really are completely helpless, aren't they? They just are. Toddlers, they really can't do anything by themselves. Uh, they need to be fed. They can't cook. They can't drive, so you've got to drive them everywhere. They, they, they can't be trusted to pick out their own clothes. They, can't, uh, they don't clean very well, that's for sure. They always manage to step in the one spot in the yard that's got doo-doo in it, okay? They always find it somehow. Uh, for a good portion of their lives, they can't even go to the bathroom by themselves. They need your help with that. Uh, it's a very messy life raising toddlers. Um, left to themselves, they would eat candy all day long, probably burn the house down while they're at it. They can't run errands, you know, hey, I need to get some milk. Hey, you know, little Jimmy, can you go? No, he can't do that. He can't do it, okay? They're completely broke. They have no money to offer, you know, to help with anything. And speaking of broke, they break a lot of stuff when they're toddlers. Parents, right? Come on, right? I'm telling you which ends up making me more broke because I have to replace the stuff that's been broken. They really can't do a whole lot by themselves besides be really, really needy, okay? Toddlers are really, really good at being incredibly needy. Children. So it's no wonder that we as believers in Jesus Christ, according to the scriptures, are often referred to as the children of God. Because can I remind you, church, that we are an incredibly needy group of people. We are in a constant state, church. We are in a constant state of desperately needing the grace of God in our lives. Whether we realize it or not, we are in a constant state of desperately needing the grace of God in our lives. We can't seem to be content. There's always a reason to be discontented. We are prone to wander off the straight and narrow path that God has us on. We doubt His goodness often. I know I have. We worry about everything. We infiltrate our minds with wickedness. We have no barriers up of what we allow to enter our minds, whether it's through something we watch or listen to or think about. We follow the crowd, the, the, the path of least resistance. We can't keep our thoughts pure. We fall apart in difficulty. We wallow in personal insecurity. We get lazy sometimes. In some cases even, we turn from God. To be needy is to be powerless. I, I, I just, I, I can't 
fulfill this need. I'm very needy. I, I have no power. And you don't want to live powerless, church. Can I say that? I'm not, and this is, this is the absolute truth. You don't want to live powerless. To live powerless is to live in constant fear. How am I going to make it? I can't get it done. I can't be the dad I want to be. I can't uh, make the money that I need to make to provide for my family. I can't get over this addiction. You live a needy and powerless life. And because you recognize often that powerlessness, that neediness, you just live like, I can, I'm never going to make it. And it's a very fearful way to live. And can I say, you don't want that. You don't want to live that life. So today's message is about next level power. Next level power. If you have your Bibles, can you go to 2 Peter chapter 1? If you don't, the word, the scriptures will be on the screen. But 2 Peter chapter 1, and we'll read the first verse, this letter uh, from Peter to the church. In verse 1, this, the, the scripture's on the screen. It says, Simon Peter, this is how they would start their letters by saying who it was that wrote the letter. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Peter is writing this letter to, 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 to the church here. He had written of the first letter, 1 Peter, and that was a letter of encouragement. And in this one, he's kind of challenging him a little bit more. And he's saying, I'm writing this to all of you who share this same faith that I have, this like precious faith that we have. Uh, and he says um, that this faith was given to us through the righteousness of God, through Jesus dying on the cross, rising again, ascending to the Father. We can be saved because of Jesus Christ. That's what he's talking about. We can have faith because of Jesus. Jesus. Okay, this is his last letter to, to the church. Peter's last letter. Probably wrote it from prison while he was in Rome before he was executed. This is Peter's last letter. And he starts off by reminding them the first step in living in this broken and fallen world. He's introduced himself. He said, hey, this is Peter. I'm writing to share in this faith that we both have. In verse 2, he says, grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. And he's saying, listen, uh, may God almost praying a blessing over them in this letter, like, hey, may God give you uh, uh, peace and grace as you continue to learn more and more about God and continue to strengthen your relationship with God. He says that in verse 2. In verse number 3, he says this. He says, according the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue. Whose power? According to his divine power. Who? The power of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ died, lived a perfect life, died on the cross, was put in a tomb, and rose again victoriously by the power of God. That power that raised Jesus from the dead, that power as a child of God is in us. We have the power of God in our lives. And he says in verse 3, by this divine power, God has given us everything we need to live a godly and God-honoring life. He says that in verse 3. We've gotten this power from Him. We can live. Church, He gives us the power. He gives you the power to be exactly who, you, who He made you to be and to do exactly what He's called you to do. I want you to listen. I'm going to say that again. God, through Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection, through the gospel, God gives you, child of God, the power 
to live the life that he calls you to live, to do uh, the job that he's called you to do. In verse 3, at the end of it, he says, uh, how is this? You've received this power by, by knowing him, by the knowledge of him. This is the power of God. Next level power. And through the rest of chapter 1, he talks about adding to your faith virtue and to virtue this. And, and that's not the message today. The message today is simply about this truth, okay? Hear me out. We are given power through Jesus Christ who is in us. We are given power through Jesus Christ who is in us. The Bible says that we are washed in his blood. And there is power in the blood of Jesus to save sinners. There is power in the blood of Christ. We bear his name. We are the children of God. I have four boys. They have my last name, Savini. And as a child of God, we bear the name of Jesus Christ. When God looks at us as a child of God who has trusted him for salvation, for eternity, for peace here as we live in this fallen world, when God looks at you, he does not see all of your own righteousnesses and, and, and all your good works because the scriptures say that those are filthy rags. They don't mean anything. But he looks at you, child of God, and sees the righteousness of his son, Jesus Christ. There's power in the name of of Jesus. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. You know, when we pray in Jesus' name, amen, and oftentimes we say it so frequently we don't think about it. There's power in the name of Jesus. Demons flee at the name of Jesus. And I have witnessed these things firsthand that there is power in the name of Jesus Christ. You are a child of God, and that's power. Yet so often, church, even with that truth, so often we live Powerless lives. Lives absent of the power of God. Lives of total self-reliance. We never say it out loud, but our lives and the way we live and the choices that we make, our lives scream, Jesus, thank you for saving me from hell. Thank you for saving me, but I really don't need you anymore. I got this. I think I can handle the rest of this life. Thanks for, uh, you know, securing my eternity and saving me from hell. But, but I got this now. I'll call you when I need you. That's kind of the, the way we live our lives. As a husband and wife, as a husband or a wife, you, you know, I, I can do this. I can be the husband I need to be. I can be the wife I need to be. As a father or a mother, as a parent, I can do this. I can raise my kids right. I got this. As an employee, I can, as a Christian, uh, as a man, as, a, as an addict, as an insecure person, as a control freak, I can, I can get this all together. I can fix this. I can take care of this. We live lives of total self-dependence, self-reliance. And church, hear this this morning. Self-reliance leads to self-destruction. This is not a uh, self-help message this morning, if you haven't realized that yet. Self-reliance leads to self-destruction. To rely, that word reliance, to rely means, uh, means to depend on with full trust or confidence. Self-reliance leads to self-destruction. It's a cycle, church. Pride, which all of us are affected by some form of pride. Pride isn't just arrogance. I'm the best. That's, not, that's a form of pride. But pride can be, insecurity is a form of pride. Because pride looks inward. It looks at ourselves. It's a cycle. Pride, often, sometimes undetected, 
leads us to believe that, that we, on our own, can handle life and all that it sends our way. This pride, we, we think we got this. I can, I can do it. I'm a strong person. And in those seemingly uh, little moments of vanity, the enemy... Hey, there is an enemy. Don't forget, we've talked about him before. Praise God for God the Father who takes care of us, who gives us what we need. But there's an enemy out to attack you, to destroy you. And in those seemingly little um, uh, moments of vanity in our lives, the enemy begins his work, gaining a foothold in our hearts and in our minds through the way we think, through our desires. And how does that happen? How do we give him this foothold, this, this, this way in? Because we start to think of ourselves as unstoppable. We start to think of ourselves as invincible. And, and you may use words like, or I may use words like high self-esteem or positive self-image. But really, at the root of it, oftentimes, it's just pious reliance in our own power. I got this. Instead of a complete dependence on Christ. And the road of self-reliance, church, hear me out. The road of self-reliance always, sooner or later, leads to failure, leads to defeat, leads to a feeling of worthlessness. And I, 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 this isn't just me blowing smoke. I have lived this life of self-reliance. In ministry, as a husband, as a father, I have lived the life of self-dependence. Even, as I, even as, I, as I got up and preached the word of God to people, and God had to turn me, upside down, turn me upside down on my head and show me how much pride I had. But at one time, we felt like, maybe you felt like you could just conquer the world. This, this invincibility, I got this. We felt like we could, you know, uh, t- take care of our lives and, and do whatever we needed to make things happen. And we felt like that. But then in just a matter of moments, we find ourselves suddenly in a state of weakness that we think we'll never escape from. Because you can think, I got it all together. Uh, man, I, I, I got this. And then one phone call changes that. One doctor's appointment changes that. Uh, one, one weak moment of giving into temptation. And suddenly you're in a state of weakness you think you'll never escape from. So I can do anything. No, you can't. You can't. Early on, we would say with confidence, I can do this, nothing can stop me, look what I can do. When we finally find ourselves at the end of our rope and things begin to shift in our lives, we now can only say, how did this happen? What am I going to do? When is this going to be over? And we feel powerless and weak, and these moments of defeat can be avoided, but they're only avoided, church, when we rely on Christ and his power in us. The truth that the enemy does not want you to know. The enemy would love nothing more than for you to be distracted even right now so you miss the message from the word of God. The truth that the enemy does not want us to know, or if we have heard it and know it, he wants us to forget or ignore, is this truth that you have already been given the power to live the life that God wants you to live. Amen, buddy. (laughs) I love it. It's church. Church, the scriptures say it. According to his divine power, he gives us everything we need for life and godliness. The power comes from faith. The scriptures say without faith, it is impossible to please him. Faith and what? Faith that Jesus is enough. Faith that he will keep his promises. Faith in him alone. Faith that he knows what's best for you. 
You see, on our own, we cannot resist temptation. On our own, we cannot resist temptation. Whatever you're tempted with, on your own, sooner or later, you're going to give in. You're going to give in. But in Christ, in Christ, the scriptures say, in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, in verse 13, that there hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you, will not allow you to be tempted above that you're able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it. And that verse is not saying the phrase, God will never give you more than you can't handle. You ever heard that phrase? That's not biblical. The truth is, God gives us, there's a lot of things in our life that we just can't handle on our own. And that's what the scriptures say. Listen, there's nothing, there's nothing that can overpower you. No addiction, no, uh, no, no, no stress, no worry, no problem. There's nothing that can overtake your spirit when you rely on Jesus Christ and his power. It says he, he makes a way to escape that she may be able to handle it, bear it. What is that escape? Jesus is that escape. He is the way out. So yeah, on our own, we're, we can't resist temptation, but with Jesus, man, nothing can stop us. When we rely on him. By ourselves, we will crumble in trials. We'll fall apart in difficulties. I can say, honestly, in my life, uh, man, when I'm not relying on Christ, I have fallen apart. I have sat down and had the biggest pity party of the year. Okay, this was like the big shebang pity party. Sitting there like, what is going to happen? What am I going to do? I try, Lord, and I just am so mopey and... Man, I'm not relying on the power of God in my life in those moments. So by ourselves, on your own, you will fall apart in trials. You'll fall apart. But in the power of Christ, the scriptures say in Psalm 18, For thou wilt light my candle. The Lord my God will enlighten my darkness. For by thee I have run through a troop, and by my God have I leaped over a wall. Let me, let me read a few more of these scriptures. Verse 30, it's not on the screen, but just listen. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is tried. He is a buckler to all those that trust in him. For who is God save the Lord? Who is a rock save our God? It is God that girdeth me with strength and maketh my way perfect. He maketh my feet like hinds feet. He setteth me upon my high places. He teacheth my hands to war so that a bow of steel is broken by my arms. I love how in our trials, oftentimes, I remember someone told me this, I was going through a dark time in my life and in my marriage. A dark time, and I felt so weak. And I said, man, I just can't, I feel like it's just everything's against me right now, and I, I don't know what to do. And this counselor said to me, she goes, God is showing you how strong you are in him. It is God, the Spirit of God, that teaches us how to fight. That's what it says. He, makes, he teaches my hands to war, so that a bow of steel is broken by mine arms. Thou hast also given me the shield of thy salvation. Thy right hand hath holden me up. Thy gentleness hath made me great. Are you listening? Thou hast enlarged my steps under me, that my feet did not slip. I have pursued mine enemies and overtaken them. Neither did I turn again till they were consumed. I have wounded them that were not able to rise. They are fallen under my feet. For thou hast girded me with strength unto the battle. Thou hast subdued under me those that rose up against them. We will crumble in trials on our own. Whew. But with Jesus Christ, you can make it. We can make it. He's enough 
for us. In my own strength and determination, church, I can't live the life God called me to live. In my own, listen, in my own abilities, in my, even in my own morality, I know, I, listen, I know what, what's good and what's bad. I know that, you know, listen, I understand that. I have a moral compass. In my own strength, abilities, morality, I cannot live the life that God calls me to live, following His will, living holy, okay, living a holy life, serving others willingly with a good heart, having faith. I can't do that on my own. I may be able to, to, to white-knuckle it for a while. You know, you kind of you grip down and you're like, I can do this. I got it. I may be able to white-knuckle it for a while, do the right things, say the right things, kind of be where I'm supposed to be, but that will not last forever. My strength will run out. Your strength will run out. So in my own strength, I can't live the life God calls me to live. But in Christ, I can. First Peter we read the, the scriptures, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. He said, according as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness through the knowledge of him that hath called us to glory and virtue. Okay, and then he says, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, okay, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And what, he's, what Peter is saying there, he says, because of the glory of God, because of his excellence, because of the gospel, okay, he's given us these promises that he'll never leave us, that he'll give us power to live the life he calls us. These are promises that he's made to us. And these promises from God enable you, church, enable you, child of God, to share in the nature of God, the divine nature. And when we share in the nature of God and we strive and allow his grace to make us more like Jesus, we, we can say no to the lust and the temptations of this world, the world's corruption, these human uh, desires that are there in our flesh. We can say no to those things when we are wrestling in the grace of God and the power of God and we share in that nature. Verse 5, this is when he begins to add things. He says, and beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. Peter's saying, listen, because of these promises of God, because you can share in the nature of God. Listen, there are some things we have. There are some disciplines that we have to set up. There are some spiritual, biblical habits that we need to set up. He says, listen, with, with, with every effort that you have, respond to God's promises. God's not just going to drop patience in my lap. I'm going to be faced with a choice every day, probably every hour, where I can either choose patience or impatience. And in those moments... I must rest in the grace of God, and then I make the choice. God doesn't twist my arm and say, you're going to be patient. No, no, no. He gives us the free will to make those choices. So he says, listen, with every effort that you have but the grace of God, add to your faith uh, a virtue, a moral excellence. And add to that virtue uh, knowledge. It says, uh, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge and to knowledge temperance. What is temperance? Temperance is self-control. Self-control and add to temperance, patience, this patient endurance. I can make it through with Jesus Christ and to patience, godliness and to godliness, brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness, charity, which is love for everyone. He's saying, listen, add these things in your life. Follow the, listen, respond to the promises of God 
that he gives you power to live the life he calls you to live and gives you the power to do what he's called you to do. And with that, with every effort that you have, by the grace of God, add to your faith virtue. Add to virtue knowledge. And to knowledge, this, this self-control. He says, listen, you can do this. It's supplementing. It's adding. But then in verse 9, what does he say? He says, man, God's given us promises and, and, and power that we can live the life he calls us to live. But in verse 9, Peter says this, but he that lacketh these things is blind, cannot see afar off, and hath forgotten that he was purged or cleansed from his old sins. He says, those who fail to develop these characteristics, faith and virtue, by the grace of God, those who fail to develop these are, are the, the scriptures say they can't see afar off, they're short-sighted, they're blind. They forgot that they were cleansed from their old sins. And, and I was studying that scripture uh, this past week, and, and the believers, there's the believers who add faith and, and knowledge and temperance, and they add to their faith and all these that, the, that they were commanded to do. But on the other side, there's some who failed to develop these virtues. They're not growing as a Christian. By the way, can I say, we talked about next level growth a few weeks ago. As a Christian, as a child of God, you are supposed to be growing. And some don't. They're blind. That phrase, forgotten that he was purged from his old sins, pictures those who deliberately put out of their mind all that Christ had done in erasing the, the sins that they committed before they were saved. You have forgotten where God has brought you from. You have forgotten what God has delivered you from. That is when we get prideful and pharisaic, when we think we're better than other people, when we look down at other people. A believer who is forgetful of this and refuses to grow, the Bible says, is unfruitful for God. You will not accomplish things for God, which, by the way, you are called to do, to live a life for Jesus Christ, for all he's done for you. But if you choose to forget what God has done in your life, what he delivered you from, when you forget that, you're blind and you can't be fruitful for the Lord. So don't let pride keep you from depending on Jesus. Don't let pride keep you from depending on Jesus. As we close this morning, many times in people's lives, they've grown so accustomed to doing things by themselves. Okay, wasn't there a popular song in the 90s, What Happened to Miss Independent, right? Okay. Some of us, we live these independent lives. We live a life of independence. Maybe that's because as a kid, they had a lot of independence. I know many people who grew up with, I had wonderful parents that were involved in my life. Not everybody has that. Not everybody has that privilege. So what happens is as a 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, as a child, they are raising themselves in some aspects. They, they, they have independence that was kind of thrust upon them. Maybe they're their own boss as an adult. They're, they're their own boss. They own a company. Maybe they struggle with insecurity. So often it rears its ugly head as a controlling maniac. And we get, you know, this independence turns into this insecurity where it's like, oh, and we want to control everything. Maybe you've been like that. Maybe you are the person that is so quick to do things on your own. You, you, want to be the, you don't want to be seen as needy. Neediness to you is like, you know, not good. I don't want to look needy. So I'm going to do everything I can to take care of myself. So I don't look needy. And that often, that same attitude often pours into your spiritual life. Your walk with God, okay, your, your, your scripture reading, maybe your prayer time, maybe your church attendance, it just becomes this self-sustaining sprint 
that you hope that God can keep up with. Like, I'm, I'm doing all the right things. See, I'm doing it. I'm reading. I'm praying. I'm, I'm going to church. I'm t- and you're just like going, and it's, there's no heart in it. It's just habitual. And you're like, I'm doing it so that I feel good about myself. It's time to slow down and rest in Jesus. Because when we think of the word power, it often looks like this incredible human strength, you know, this massive army that nobody can take down, this gigantic piece of machinery, like what a powerful machine, some um, unstoppable army, the bigger, the louder, the faster, the stronger, that's power. But church, the power of Jesus, listen, the power of Jesus is so beautifully different. The power of Jesus is so beautifully different because his strength is made perfect in our weakness. His strength works best in our weakness. The scriptures say in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and maybe write this scripture down so you can go back and look at it. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 9 Paul says, and he said unto me, remember he, we, said, we looked at these scriptures a few weeks ago, when he had this thorn in the flesh, this thing attacking him, this, this thing that was, was hurting him, and he said, I asked God to take it away from me three times, and he didn't. But he said in verse 9, and he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And he says, most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. In verse 10, therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, in trials. I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Paul got it. Paul's main mission, the scripture says, he's like, that I may know him. I want to know Jesus But he says, I can rejoice in my trials, persecutions, and everything. Because when I'm weak, that's when I rely on him for his strength. So yes, I end up becoming strong, but it's not my strength. It's the strength of Christ in me. It's a beautiful thought that's in this truth. That the power of Christ in us is put on full display when we surrender. It's like a paradox. It just doesn't go together. Surrender usually means loss. I lose. I don't have the power. But as a Christian, okay, that's what Jesus does. He, he, he makes things that don't make sense to the world make sense. It's when we wave the white flag of surrender and say, Lord, I can't do this anymore. I need you. The power of Christ in us is on full display. You're facing a trial. You're facing a problem. You're facing pain. You're facing difficulty. It's time to surrender. It's time to say, I, I, I'm, done, I'm done running this race on my own. I need you. It's like a little child. I, I can't think of an exact illustration, but I think of my kids as they've grown up. And... Uh, they need to do something. Let's say they need to lift something into the car or lift something or do something like that. And, and they want to try it all by themselves, right? I can do it, Dad. I can do it. I'm like, okay, go, go ahead, buddy. And they try and they lift. And I've seen, I can remember Brady trying to like lifting stuff. And oh, I got it, I got it. And they're trying it. And, and, and finally, what do they say? Dad, Dad, can you help me? Yeah, yeah. And, and that's just how God is. 
He allows us to live independently. He lets us try to do it all ourselves. I can live this life. I can resist temptation. I can get to this trial. I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody. I got it. I'm strong. And he lets us wear ourselves out, living this self-reliant life. And he just stands there and waits. He doesn't say, I told you so. Because when we finally get to the end of our rope and we have nothing left, we're weak, we're tired. We finally say, God, I need you. He doesn't say, well, you should have asked me before. Do you mind if I did it to my kids? Well, I told you I would help, but you didn't want my help before, so I'm not giving you. No, 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 no. That's not the love of a father. When we do it all of our own and we finally look to him and say, God, I need you. He says, okay, I'm okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. you ever, I remember I'd move stuff to the kids. I'm like, oh, you want to help me? And Brady will get this big piece of furniture, and I got it by myself. And, and I'm, I'm carrying all the weight, and Brady's got like a hand or two on it. He's really not adding anything to the help. And that's, that's life as a Christian when we rely on Christ. He works with us, but really he's carrying everything, isn't he? That's the power of God. So this morning, do you feel weak? That's okay. Me too. The world has twisted this to make if we feel weak or look weak, there's something horribly wrong. You're not doing enough for yourself. You shouldn't feel that way. It's okay to feel weak. Because, and in fact, that's good to recognize weakness because now God can work. Now God can work. Maybe this morning that's you. Pastor, I'm just an independent person. It's how I was raised. It's how I was forced to be raised. I just, I don't like asking for help. I don't like, and by the way, you say, well, you, you don't like asking for help now to the people around you. It, it'll pour into your spiritual life where you're like, well, I, I don't, I don't want to bother God with this. It's who you are, but it's not your identity. God wants to change you. He wants to show you your neediness. Maybe that's you this morning. I'm the kind of person that's independent, that doesn't need anybody's help. Man, I've been doing this myself long enough. I got it. Maybe it's you that needs to pray, Lord, humble me. It's usually those people that are so strong and independent. Strong, I use very lightly. Those people that those people that think they have it all together, that it's those one instances in life that come and they fall. They lose their temper. They crumble under the weight of, of a phone call or a doctor's appointment or something. And they just, they're easily knocked down. You need the power of Jesus. Listen, church, listen. You can live the life God is calling you to live. You can do that thing that God is calling you to do. The scriptures is full of hope and it's full of commands for us to live as children of God. You say, well, I just can't. You can live how God wants you to live. It is not out of reach it is not impossible. You can be a woman of faith. You can be a man of faith. 
You can be a compassionate person. You can be a person of patience and of charity and of love. You can be someone that sees prayers answered. You can see the blessing of God on your life. It's about resting in His power. You can say no to that addiction. You can get past your depression. You can conquer anxiety. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will show you. But you must recognize your neediness. Thank you again for listening to the Coastline Baptist Church Podcast. We hope the message was an encouragement to your heart. Please connect with us through our website, coastlinecc.org, or on Facebook or Instagram. Send us a message, send us an email, and we'd love to connect with you. We'd also love if you could visit us for a Sunday morning service. You can find our address on our website, and our services start at 10 a.m. Our mission at Coastline is simply this, to know Jesus deeply and to show Jesus daily. I hope that we've helped you do that in your life today. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.